This is the Oil & Gas Startups Podcast, where we showcase emerging technology and the stories of industry founders, investors, and leaders with your hosts, Jake Corley and Colin McClelland. What is going on, Digital Wildcatters? Welcome to another episode of the Oil & Gas Startups Podcast. Obviously, I'm here with Colin, like always. What's up, man? So, what's up, man? I'm trying, to think of, I'm trying to think of something like really weird to call you. I'm running out of like nicknames for you. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll brainstorm. All right, so let's get right into the show today. So today we were here with Chad Harkness, who's the Managing Director of the Oil Field Marketplace. Thanks for joining us, Chad. Hey, welcome to be here. How are you doing today? How's it going? It's a, uh, you know, busy day like always in the startup world, isn't it? Yeah. Never yeah. enough time. <laughs> startup and in oil and gas. I mean, you combine those two. It's a never. That's right. 24-7 industry with a lifestyle choice, isn't it? A startup's a lifestyle that's choice. That's the truth. Exactly. So I know a little bit about the oil film marketplace from my buddy Bear at Saptex because he was putting his, I think yeah. he was the first. Great guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was putting his greaseless shiv up for up for sale on the Oilfield Marketplace. So tell us a little bit, just kind of that uh, that high-level overview of what you guys are doing. All right. Yeah. So, you know, simply put, the way we like to explain it to people that only want the five-second version is we're trying to open up the oil field or the Amazon for the oil field. It's really quite that simple. And so the vision is, is that it's a one-stop, always-open shop for uh, all buyers and sellers in the oil field. So really, we're trying to leverage e-commerce yep. into oil and gas. Because yeah. how, how does traditionally, you know, for anyone that's not in the upstream space, traditionally, how does this this process work? If you were to, you know, order a, a wellhead, you know, a frack head or frack valve, something of that nature, you know, what are you guys really trying to accomplish? Because I know how it works. You know, we have a lot of middlemen distributors, but, exactly. you know, kind of kind of give us some insight to yeah. that process. Yeah. So if I go back to the why, you know, what we were really trying to accomplish, you know, the relative commercial efficiency of the oil and gas industry is, is pretty low, you know, connecting buyers and sellers, three bids and a buy, you know, the, the challenge I would say of, of buyers trying to find exactly the products that they need, intelligently discovering solutions. You know, these were all problems that we observed that buyers had and sellers likewise, you know, people like Bear, right? You know, innovators developing products, trying to get them to the market, trying to get space, you know, in that sort of busy product, you know, that busy sort of product portfolio that all the, that all buyers have to sort through as well. These were sort of the two challenges that we were really trying to address uh, in opening the oil field marketplace. Okay. So I, I've seen, there's been, you know, as, uh, looking back to the early 2000s, there have been probably five or six different companies that have come in. Obviously, this is something that a lot of people have tried to tackle, right? Mm. And so kind of just figuring out, and I had this question for another company recently, who's kind of trying to do the same same thing. And my question to them was, you know, what's different now? Is it something maybe different about how you guys are doing it? Or maybe is it a timing in the market? Right. Or maybe a combination of the two or maybe something else? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. Yeah, certainly, look, every idea has its time, doesn't it? So I think it's, I would say, you know, why us and why now? I would I would start by saying that, you know, our early adopters, our early backers, right, do include Schlumberger, right? And so what that means is, is that we start with, you know, a pretty rich portfolio for which to tap into, right? So, so in sort of critical mass in terms of getting buyers interested in coming to the platform, you know, one of the, one of the important things is having a network. And so, you know, sort of the network effects of having lots of different products and a breadth of products that was important. So having, I would say, the enthusiasm early on of, of a company like that. 
and then and then that then breeds you know sort of interest from people like Bear right who are who are also interested in you know having their products displayed uh, in in a marketplace that has has lots of different products. So I think the short answer then is number one, it's it is the having you know having a good breadth of products to start with, right? And then yeah, I think uh, culturally, you know, the number of millennials, the number of people that have that have grown up right in the one click culture. And the number of those people who are now making buying decisions inside the customer's organization, they now outweigh, you know, I would say the people who didn't grow up native in digital purchasing. And so, and so they're all, you know, I think we all much like we want in our personal lives, everyone wants efficiency in their professional lives as well, right? Everyone's getting stretched. Everyone is, everyone is, you know, asked to uh, plan more wells, to drill more wells, to be production engineers for more wells, et cetera, right? Time is valuable. So they want, uh, they want an efficient interaction with with the service providers and the products that they need to do their job. One thing that's funny, you mentioned the one-click culture and it brought up a random fact about Amazon. Did you know that they had their one-click shopping? That was actually patented for a long time, just the, the one-click button. Does that mean they're going to sue me now? No, no, no. no. It, it, it ran out, so you're in the clear oh, now. That's good. That's good. I, I didn't check that. <laughs> so fair. Before we get too into the weeds of the platform, because I've got some questions for you, let's talk about yourself and sure. your background. Kind of give us some insight into your career the and Chad what Cliff brought, notes. Yeah, yeah. What brought you to this point? <laughs> All right. So, uh, Canadian, born in Montreal, raised in Toronto. Actually, went to a military university, but decided that wasn't for me. So, I decided to join the oil field. So, I spent the first three years of my life up in uh, Grand Prairie. Uh, shout out to all those who are uh, who are maybe listening from northern Alberta. And yeah, spent three, four years up in uh, Grand Prairie, Fort St. John, as a as a wireline engineer. And then I got a chance to go international, so I got uh, went down to Colombia, spent some time there, and then I joined the directional drilling space. So I became a, an MWD LWD engineer, a directional driller, and I did that in Europe. It was good fun. And then I moved into the office and I started in sales, did a bunch of different operations jobs, including managing a, a great team in Central Europe, trying to sell directional drilling to people that had never drilled horizontal wells before. That was uh, that was super cool. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, and then, you know, I'll skip over. That's where I met my wife also. I actually picked up a life along the way. <laughs> Great. I uh, hope you're listening. Yeah, good time. And then, uh, geez, I guess I'll skip some of it, but fast forward to, you know, recently where, where I had an opportunity to, I would say, influence some of the some of the technology direction around sales and commercial space, right? And with that, you know, it's long since been an ambition of mine to, you know, I guess we all recognize anybody that's been part of the buying and selling game in the oil field industry you know, just knows how, just how inefficient it really is, right? Mm -hmm. How, how in the end, neither the buyer nor the seller gets what they want some of the time, right? It's just the way the processes are set up and the lack of transparency. And so we said, shoot, you know, I think this is my, this is my shot to kind of make it happen. We pitched it to the leadership team and, you know, they were all on board. And so they saw, they saw the truth in what we were talking about in terms of the, the, again, the commercial efficiency of, uh, of an e-commerce platform bought into it and we signed our initial partner contracts in May of 2018 and that was the that was the start of the process. Awesome. Yeah. So I have I have a lot of questions actually because <laughs> I'm, I'm very It's good we got time I guess, yeah, right? I'm very interested and intrigued in e-commerce and obviously I've got a interest in oil and gas so combining the two is is, is really, you know, it's interesting. So when you guys you know, I think about the traditional buying process and some of the barriers that I see or that I could see is, you know, a lot of these these products are very technical mm, products, right? Very. So just think, you know, throw out a, a frac valve or, mm. or whatever it may be. 
How do we get, you know, I'm, I'm all for e-commerce and these platforms and, and making this more efficient, but you know, like how do you, how do you have that, that buyer support, you know, if they're looking for, for this part and you know, it's gotta be rated to this tensile strength or this PSI rating or whatever it may be, you know, how do we, how do we go about servicing that on the e-commerce side? You know, I, I love like the one click, you know, and, and you can buy it, but will we ever get over that? Right. That am, am I buying the right thing? Yeah. It's like you were in our strategy meeting there about a week ago. <laughs> so look, you know, that the problem you you highlight there, or the challenge you highlight, I think is one of the defining challenges of bringing e-commerce to the industrial space, right? As, as well, so let's go back to the as-is. You asked about the as-is. So today what the as-is process is, is that as a, as a buyer, right, as an, an engineer in, a, in an oil company, right, I, I know what I want to do. But I'm not an expert in the piece of kit, right? That I maybe need to get my job done. And so what do I do today? I call, I call a salesperson. Well, actually today, probably what I do is I go online, right? And I start to do some research. Most of, most of our research tells us that people still, you know, you know, people spend a good chunk of time online before they are ever engage with a salesperson. But fine, even once I've done that, then I've narrowed it down maybe to a few companies, but I still need to interact with a salesperson, give them my specifications, give them my specific challenge. And then they recommend something back and say, here's what you need, right? So this is exactly the challenge you talked about. And so, and so you know, just doing as is e-commerce, you know, like you and I experience on Amazon, isn't, doesn't solve that challenge. And so, and so one of our development paths, very definitely, is all around intelligently, right, connecting those buyers with the right products they need. And here's, here's where, you know, we haven't talked about some of the partner ecosystem that we, cho- or that we chose, but... But one of the partners and basically our system integrator is a company called Hypergiant out of Austin. And I don't know whether you guys have heard of them or not, mm-hmm. but really what they're known for, aside from trying to build the intergalactic internet, which is one of the things they're trying to do, but really what they're known for is what they call machine intelligence, right? Which is their sort of hybrid on AI ML. And why we chose them, because we did anticipate that this, you know, a buyer understanding exactly the product they want is going to be right, one of the defining challenges of this industrial e-commerce and so we're going to, you know, we're, we're working with them and you don't see it on the website today, but we're working with them to, to create an intelligent platform, right? So that, so that, you know, like a Google assistant or whatever, you can define your challenge and you can intelligently get to the product that you need. That's interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, you think about that and I'm sure your Googles and your Shopify's and Amazon's, you know, are using a ton of analytics and machine learning when it comes to buyer decisions. I think it was like, remember there was an article a while back, I think it was Amazon was predicting, you know, when women were going to be pregnant mm. just by, based off of, you know, shopping habits. So right. it's pretty crazy, cool. but I didn't even think about that being used in, in this type of application. So it's really interesting to hear you guys, you know, are starting to go down that road as well. Yeah. So yeah. kind of on the, on the, technology stack on the on the technology side is this something that you set up a shopify for and you can just sell oil field parts or i mean you guys right. fully fully develop custom platforms yeah so so it starts with that's a good question yeah i wish it yeah, shopify definitely would have been <laughs> less expensive but the reality is is that the you know there are there are a few b2b e-commerce platforms out there you know you go to your your forester magic quadrant and you'll kind of see them all stacked up there in the end we chose something called hybris which is which is arguably the the most fully featured, most functional B2B e-commerce platform because, you know, unlike in the B2C experience, you know, eventually businesses will require a completely different, you know, potentially, a, you know, there'll be a, a segment of the, the customer base that are okay doing credit card transactions and that's what we're live with right now. 
And that's true. There is a segment of the population that's okay to purchase on P cards or credit cards. Of course, there are, there's another segment of the population that, that want, you know, that want enterprise level agreements or basin level agreements or, you know, uh, brand level agreements. And that's, and that's where I think the power of something like a Hybris, which is now an SAP product comes in. Right. So, so no, I guess it's, it's not just, it's not just a Shopify. It's something uh, a lot more powerful in the back end. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. so we know on like the, on, on most buying decisions, especially like with Amazon, you've got ratings, you've got reviews. Mm-hmm. I know I look at that very, very heavily when I'm making an online purchase, Absolutely. for example. Yeah. How do you guys kind of address that? And I think that also kind of ties into what Colin was saying about the, the technical aspect. If you have like 25,000 valves, is there really even enough traffic to even, because like, if you have one review on something, like mm-hmm. I know for y'all's platform, it may not make a difference, but if I'm going online looking at a book, yeah. And there's one review and it's just like, oh, yeah. maybe I'll just buy it on the book Like instead. the beginning, didn't like the ending? Yeah. Yeah. So look, so again, we've got lots of different development pathways. The review rating concept is absolutely, you know, everyone we talk to says that they, they're heavily influenced by what their peers are buying. And so, and so that, that is definitely in the development roadmap. We've prioritized for the time being this uh, intelligent product selection because because probably the volumes aren't there right you know mm-hmm. if, you know we've got uh, i don't know 600 valves right on the on the website right now on the marketplace right now and you know having again yeah. one review it's per, a lot you know, of specific it's, it's valves. A lot, exactly yeah. right yeah. so so i think what we want to do is we're, we're focusing on the sort of intelligent the sort of intelligent what do you call it? intelligent shopping experience mm-hmm. and then later yeah we'll definitely go to go to reviews etc because every again every buyer we talk to yeah, they're most influenced by what their peers are doing. And they want to know, you know, if I've got a rig in the Delaware, I want to know what, uh, what those other guys on the rig next to me in the Delaware are doing, right? I mean, yeah. Are they having success or not? What's working for them? What's not? Yeah. So when you guys, you know, obviously if you think about an Amazon and their fulfillment process, how mm-hmm. does that work with you guys? Are, are you just being a, a connector, a marketplace? So let's take like a, I think that the majority of the products that you guys are carrying right now are probably Slumberjay products. Is that correct? Yeah, well, yeah, let's say Slumberjay and Slumberjay family products. Okay, yeah. awesome. So yeah. I'm assuming that they all those parts are just staying housed where they're currently at, you know, in those yards, and then they're they're fulfilling and, and delivering those parts. You guys will never touch any product. You'll just be the, the connector between the buyer and the seller. Yeah. So right now, yeah, you're exactly right. So right now the business model is very much uh, that uh, we connect the buyer and the seller. We facilitate the commercial transaction. The physical, the physical fulfillment is uh, is taken care of by what we call the OEM. Yeah, so whoever the uh, whoever the manufacturer is takes care of the physical fulfillment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now that's that's where we are today. You know, I guess the question is is you know again we've got a development track on that on that topic about uh, you know like the FBA fulfilled by Amazon or whatever. You know, what's the partner ecosystem out there? To- yeah, I mean, there's there's so many features and and add-ons that you can build down the road, yeah. you know, as it develops exactly. over time. So exactly. it'll be interesting to see yeah. Yeah. where it goes. You know, a lot of people talk about Amazon coming into this space, mm. and I just don't. You know, will Amazon buy someone in the space? I could see that absolutely, but I don't yeah. ever see Amazon coming into the space because. You know, maybe when you're talking about like some smaller products, if it's like, you know, O-rings or, mm-hmm. you know, the greasers or, or things like that. But Safety gloves. Yeah. But, you no. know, I mean, y- you could already purchase those things on, on Amazon exactly. probably today. But when it comes to big physical equipment, you know, I, I just don't ever see Amazon getting in on the ground floor. Is yeah. that kind of your sentiment on, on it that no one was going to come in and do it? So it might as well be you. Maybe we stop talking about them so we let them sleep a little while longer. 
Amazon probably listens. Yeah, <laughs> they know about they, no, no, they know they know about us. They've they've referenced us to uh, to another customer. Oh, have um, they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, let's talk about you know we are a bunch of oil and gas professionals, right? That have grown up in the industry. We're closely connected to the buyers, right, and to the sellers. So I think that's that's ultimately you know understanding understanding the way the industry works is a big advantage for us, right? Absolutely. Uh, early mover, fine. This is good. You know, I would also say that it's this intelligence piece, you know, ultimately when I think about the end state of why we're gonna, you know, why us and why not someone else, it's really this intelligence piece that I think stands out, right? Anybody can, anybody can buy an e-commerce platform, although you better have pretty deep pockets because it is it's quite costly, <laughs> but anyone can buy a platform. Anyone can put a dev team and stand up a website, right? But I think it's this, it's layering in this intelligence piece that I, th- that, that ultimately is going to provide the users, both the buyers and the sellers, this experience that that works for them, right? That overcomes this hurdle you talked about. Am I choosing the right thing? You know, for the seller, why do I not need to have a massive call center in the background, right? To support the the, the buying process. So, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was, you know, talking about you guys being oil and oil field background. I was talking to a prominent venture capitalist yesterday, and we're, mm. we're talking about this exact same thing, that oil and gas companies do not want horizontal focused tech solutions. Mm. They want very vertically integrated oil and gas solutions with people that understand the oil and gas industry. So, you know, I think that's often overlooked by tech companies, especially the big tech companies, whether it's AWS, Microsoft, Google, et cetera. So, I mean, that is a huge competitive advantage when it comes to those types of tech companies. Absolutely. So, what is y'all's market kind of focused on in, in terms of the the parts that you're focused on right now? Do you guys have any kind of niche subsector, you know, whether it's wireline, which, by the way, I'm a former wireline hand myself. Right? But yeah, but I took an opposite approach. I was drilling first and then I went into, into wireline after that. Do you guys have any type of strategy or do you see it kind of shifting any, any way, whether it's going to be downhole drilling tools, et cetera? You know, as a true marketplace, what I would say more when we talk to when we talk to sellers, when we talk to OEMs that are interested in listing, it's more about, you know, what are the attributes of their products that would that would be probably desirable for buyers, right? So, you know, price points. So today being credit card only, you know, you you put something on there that's thirty, forty thousand dollars, that's a pretty heavy lift for for most people's credit cards. There's maybe there yeah, are that, there are people out there that have credit cards. That's all, I was going to ask how that's handled yeah. too, because yeah. I imagine a lot of this equipment is pricey. So. Correct, correct. Yeah. Now, of course, it's only where we are today. You know, we're we're sprinting right now on bank transfer. We're you know we're sprinting on all sorts of different functionality, and it won't be too long before we before we expand the payment methods. So so yes, yeah, so we're not so focused on on upstream, downstream drilling completions, etc. It's more when we talk to sellers. You know, it's attributes of the product, right? You know, we don't have the intelligent discovery engine right now. So, you know, so choosing products that are highly customized and highly engineered or, you know, let's stay away from those. Let's go to things that are a little more simpler, things that buyer can connect to a little more easily. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I think about Baron Sabtex and what, what is y'all's strategy moving forward, you know, with those more early stage companies that have, you know, a new technology or new product, yep. you know, are these companies, is there a, a vetting process I'm assuming that they'll have to go through to be on the platform? I'm just thinking in the mind of someone that's listening to this podcast that has a product that they want to get to market. How do they yep. work with you guys? Yeah. Uh, you just uh, go on the website and you email us and we'll reach back out to you. 
simple process. Simple like process. It. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty, it's well, and that's where we are today. And actually where we're going to is, again, I don't want to, you know, only talk about the future, but we're developing an OEM portal right now so people can actually go and set things up themselves, right? That'll, that'll streamline the onboarding process. But yeah, but really, it's it's really is that simple. You know, if you're an innovator like Bear, right? A classic example of a guy who worked for a long time in supply chain, saw a problem, right? Saw a product that had not been innovated for 20 something years, right? Basically stayed static and said, man, I can make a better, I can make a better shiv wheel. Mm-hmm. And that's got to be worth something. And, you know, he went out, he made the product. He's been successful bringing it to market. But then, but then you know, then he's at this sort of scale question of, of do I ramp up? Do I... You know, do I invest in the huge sales force? You know, how do I get this thing to more people? How do I get my brand out? How do I, you know, how do I start to increase the market penetration? And then he looks at a platform like the Oilfield Marketplace and says, hey, this is a pretty good, you know, this is a pretty efficient vehicle, right? Uh, Talking about, again, back to commercial efficiency. It's a pretty efficient vehicle to get my product deeper into the market. You know, all the OEMs that we, that we bring on board, we spend a ton of time doing some marketing for them, right? So Mm -hmm. we're, we're, you know, much like you guys, we're very active on all the digital channels, you know, Twitter, the normal ones, right? Twitter, yeah. LinkedIn, Facebook, Google, uh, Google search, AdWords, et cetera. You know, we're now up to, you know, it's probably not as much as you guys get, but, uh, you know, we're getting half a million impressions uh, via those channels every month. And so we, so, you know, so we really partner them with the OEM to, you know, to make sure that their products look good and that we're featuring them, we're featuring them on all those digital channels. That's great. It sounds like you give them a lot of support. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But yeah, you think about it from the startup perspective, you know, think about, you know, hiring technical salespeople, you know, how much capital that requires to build out sales and ops team to carry that out. And if you could have this distribution channel, this platform where you can get your product on, you know, you guys are already bringing all this traffic, you have these eyeballs and it allows some of these, uh, you know, lower that entry barrier for some of these physical product startups, which is very capital intensive business in the first place. Huge, so. right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I really, you know, what I heart, what I hope it does is actually, it actually, you know, spawns more innovation. Actually, I'm really hoping people, you know, now that they can see how to, you know, how to bring to market efficiently the products that they think they want to make, I'm actually hoping it, it spurs even more innovation, right? So they're not daunted by the fact that oh, I need to compete with, you know, the big guys or whatever, right? That they can actually efficiently get their, their products, you know, into the, into at least the mind space of, of the potential buyers. So I know it's really exciting. Absolutely. No, I think platforms like this definitely help, you know, push the industry forward and serve as a catalyst to new technology coming to the market. And like I said, kind of lowering that entry barrier for some of these companies to get started. Yeah. So y'all's team, is it just you? And I think you guys have three other people at, yeah. at this point. Lean and mean. Yeah. So it's myself. I've got what we, what we like to call our executive producer and he's really the, the product owner, right? So he's the one who is a uh, day in day out uh, you know uh, understanding understanding the the needs of the customers and also working them with the IT with our IT partners right so so yeah i mean you know three official employees but obviously the partner landscape in the background is is a lot more extensive yeah partnering with the hypergiants and fine sap you know or hybris we we don't interact with them on a daily basis but you know we've got a marketing team so there is a dedicated marketing team that, that works day in and day out. Uh, hey, Flavia, you know, there's a dedicated marketing team that wakes up every day and figures out how to, again, you know, optimize all of the digital channels uh, in order to get, you know, in order to get the word out. That's, that's, uh, it's, it's very know, important. The, um, the, if you build it, they will come. This yeah. does not happen, right? This is, uh, yeah. so it's real hard work. It's yeah. all about user acquisition, right? It's about user yeah. acquisition. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think one of the reasons that we've had success with, our podcast, obviously, you know, having great guests like yourself come on, but it's the oil and gas 
traditionally hasn't paid attention to social media mm-hmm. and online platforms and marketing to get that word out there. And so I'm really glad to hear that you guys are taking advantage of that because right now it's a wide open, wide open space. And you yeah. just said you guys are getting half a million impressions a month. Right. I mean, that's, that's awesome. So yeah. it's a very underutilized tool, you know, especially if you're a digital technology like you guys to get user acquisition. Yeah. I was reminded by a young sales engineer not too long ago that I met up with. And she reminded me that, I mean, she, she reinforced the message that these channels are real, you know, these channels are real and and anyone who ignores them does so at their detriment, let's say. So, yeah. yeah it's our motto for digital wildcatters, uh, evolve sure. or die. And, yeah. and part of that is accepting that there's there's new ways of doing things. So it's definitely good to see you guys embracing that. I think yep. that it's uh, necessary when you're in the in the startup life, you know, you got you to gotta be scrappy and look for those edges yeah. that are going to give you an advantage. That's it. <laughs> you know, it's a, uh, we actually... So when we were sitting making the marketing plan, it was a lot of a lot of debate. Do we go back to the old channels? You know, should we? And and we made a conscious decision. Although it would have been easier, you know, it would have been easier to go to the traditional, you know, some of the traditional media, media the print, and, yeah. and this and that. And we said, but but then we're just, you know, then we're just doing we're doing the old thing again, right? So yeah. let's, even though it's harder, even though it took, you know, to be honest, you know, my marketing my marketing team in Flavia, they will tell me how hard it is to actually create the digital footprint of of the oil and gas population, right? It's not like going and tapping into running shoe consumers, right? Where, the, where that list already exists. You know, for us, for our industry, it doesn't exist so much. And so we're really having to create it. And once, once you create it, it's a huge, you know, it's a huge resource to tap into. Absolutely. When you just think about branding or marketing as a whole, you know, you think about it as a shoe company like Nike or Adidas or Puma, whoever it is, you know, it is so much easier to market. And I mean, I say it's easy, you know, they have a bigger market with a shorter attention span, but, you know, they have a huge market and they've already got that, that consumer base that's looking for that, that shoe product. You guys, you're in a very traditional industry that is used to traditional means of marketing and then on top of that, you know, you're bringing a new product to the market as well that, you know, people aren't necessarily out there looking for like they are, you know, they're, they're conditioned to buy a pair of shoes. They're not conditioned to buy parts off of a website. So it's a, a double-edged sword that you guys are fighting, but it. it's one worth fighting because it's a huge problem. I mean, you know, in the last, I don't know, three or four years, I've seen a couple of businesses come up for sale that I, I was interested in purchasing and some of them were part and supply companies and the economics look good but just in the back of my mind i was like this is a dying business model especially on like the distributors and stuff like you can make really really good one as a distributor but like you said like you you know that the lifespan of that is like no more than five to ten years i know it's just too big it was too big of a risk to take you know i didn't know when a solution would come along but i knew that a solution would come along and that you know Maybe I wasn't on the right track. Maybe I should have looked at starting a marketplace. But you guys, you guys beat me to it. <laughs> I, I think that you know, actually, a guy that we train jujitsu with. I'm not gonna call him out by name, but he's a distributor, and mm. he's asking me. He's like, "Hey, are there any startups in the space? I'm really interested." He's like, "Man, this, this entire model it's gonna get rocked in the next five years," and I couldn't agree with him more. There's just no need for so many middlemen in the process. You know, whether it's cost time efficiency yeah there should be a solution where you can just go on see the products and and order them yeah you know i I think one way that one way that i think about this as well is you know how do we all how do we all keep hydrocarbon relevant in the in the energy mix for longer right and and you know when i talk about i'm 
also, I'll say it, an environmentalist. So I talk about the fully remediated cost of hydrocarbon. How do we keep the fully remediated cost of hydrocarbon relevant in the energy mix for longer? And one of the ways is, you know, we have as an industry been striving after commercial or operational efficiency forever, right? This is what we wake up every day and we think, okay, how do we drill faster or get more, uh, you know, get more sand down hole or whatever it is, right? One thing that we've never focused on is this commercial efficiency, and it adds dollars per barrel right onto the process. And so, yeah, that's that's really what we're after is, you know, by bringing this commercial efficiency, you know, the fully remediated cost of hydrocarbon can stay relevant to, you know, cheaper energy for the world's a good thing, right? So Absolutely. This is something that I actually like to talk about, and it's been one of my favorite parts of hosting this podcast is seeing all the new digital technologies that are coming out to increase efficiency with oil and gas companies because, over, I mean, look at what we've done with, with the Shell Revolution and what we've done downhole as far as technology. I mean, it's been, you know, amazing. Yeah. But as far as creating efficiencies within EMPs on the back end, on the on the administrative side, or, you know, like what you guys are creating, you know, you look at reports like the International Energy Agency and that you look at their, their outlook until 2014 on hydrocarbon consumption and None of that takes into effect the what I like to call the digital technology revolution that mm. we're seeing in oil and gas. And all of these technologies like the Willfield Marketplace are going to, they're going to affect the lift costs and, and the production costs of hydrocarbons over time. Just yep. like you said, it affects the, the, the dollar a barrel of oil. So, you know, I'm really interested to see what that does over time over the next 10 or 20 years, because if... All of these digital technologies allow us to produce hydrocarbons at a, at a cheaper cost. You know, it's going to be hard to get off of hydrocarbons if we keep driving down the price of production. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, maybe we'll look back one day and see the, the oil flow marketplace's impact as far as cost savings. I'll sign up for that. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a good day for you. That's huh? a good, that'll be a good day for, oh, it'll be a good day for all of us. Yeah. So before we get wrapped up, coming on the tail end of this, Tell us what what are some of y'all's goals? Are, are y'all launched? Are you live right now? Can I go on your website and order a frag valve? Like I need a frag valve from my office. Can I order one? Get your phone out. Get your phone out and do it, man. Okay, let's let's see. Buy, here buy a shaker quick. screen, a frag valve. You may not want to. Uh, you may want, may not want to put that on your uh, on your credit card. Like as a uh, but, but as, short, as, short, as, short answers, yeah. Short answers, absolutely. You as a. Uh, previous roughneck i don't really want to buy any shaker screens i've had enough. is that right you've yeah, had enough I've, of that? I've, I've had enough dealing with those changing those out so you guys you guys are live what what are you planning on doing for the rest of 2019 what are some of y'all's goals as far as the marketplace is concerned yeah, great question yeah so so we went live october 26th it was a happy day for me we went live and uh, yeah so certainly platforms live we've you know we've you know you touched on it earlier it's a culture change for for the industry so we've had we've had some some success early, and you know we're continuing to. I would say our biggest priority is to continue to expand the network, right? I mean, I think what we're really focused on is is actually signing up the new OEMs to come onto the platform. So if you're a manufacturer of a, of a piece of kit that you think is for you know for for oilfield marketplace for e-commerce, then you need to drop us an email because you know we're starting to develop that sort of backlog then of of people that that want to get their products on the website. Absolutely. So, so that's really our you know when my team says you know what do you want us to do this year. Yeah, you can talk about sales and you can talk about all that, but really what I want to do is build out the network. That's really my top priority from a business standpoint, just to build the network mm -hmm. because that will also drive then, you know, if I can, if we can build out the seller network, then the buyers will, the buyers will come as well, come, right? Yeah. And then there's a technical, there's a huge sort of technical roadmap that of course we've established, you know, you know, we're, again, we're sprinting. I've got a full-time, I've got a full-time sort of, you know, the typical agile sprint team that's working 
24/7. Uh, you better be working, uh, <laughs> but well, not 24/7. But they're working. They're working every day on trying to improve the functionality of the platform. So we're definitely not static from that standpoint. Very good. So if anyone's listening, if you're a OEM, you're wanting to get your products on the Oilfield Marketplace. What is y'all's website? Oilfieldmarketplace.com. Yeah. The O F M P. Dot com. Yeah, okay. So, perfect. Perfect. And you guys have a submission form on there for them to you fill just, out. Just hit the customer service email and we'll get it in two seconds or, or email me or, you know, I'm on LinkedIn. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So if you're a buyer, get on the, get on the platform, get signed up for an account. If you're a seller, get on there, get your products on there. I'm excited to see where this goes. Chad, thanks for coming on the show and yeah, talking with us, man. great, guys. Really yeah, appreciate it. Great having you, Chad. Thank you. Go, 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 go. 